0: Thank you for listening to Wolfcast and Pod, the episode-by-episode breakdown of Angel, the television series. We will be discussing each episode in detail, so we have no concern for spoilers and the like. Please enjoy.
1: can't get this bandage to... Stop moving. I'm not. Well, then stop breathing. I don't breathe. Then stop flexing your manly boob muscles or whatever.
0: Hours. It's another episode of Wolfcast and Pod. We finally returned the episode by episode breakdown of Angel the Television series that maybe in the past took longer to listen to than than just to watch the show, but uh we're gonna try to speed things up now in the future. Joining me, Ruben, on the other line, is our new co-host, Kara. Hello Kara.
1: Hello, happy to be here.
0: <laughs> How are you doing
1: today? Oh, I'm great. It's a really good day. Nice. <laughs> I just like, yeah, I'm so pumped to be here.
0: You want to do a little banter before I jump into the plot description or just go plot description? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's just give her as, yeah. as Canadians say. Let's just get get right in there.
0: People aren't listening to hear about our lives. They're hearing to listen to <laughs> abstruse discussion of a twenty-year-old television show. Um,
1: oh my God! It's not twenty years old. Uh, not when it's it actually would, really stressful.
0: <laughs> not when it was canceled. But Buffy started in nineteen ninety-seven. This twenty-year anniversary of Buffy. Okay,
1: right. <laughs> not Angel yet. No? Thank yeah. God. Yep. Almost
0: um all right so this episode uh starts off with uh cordelia having a vision uh about this woman her name turns out to be bethany who has telekinesis um and it turns out that she uh has is unintentionally i guess involved with wolfram and hart they want to train her to be an assassin but uh angel you know following the vision gets there uh uh, gets gets involved and you know, tries to help her, comfort her you know, like, help her you know, t- take care of her powers and uh, not, you know, end up being the terrible person Wolf uh, Wolfman Hart wants her to be and over the course of the episode we find out that uh, she is someone who suffered uh, abuse as a child and kind of get a discussion of that as well um and then you know I guess we'll talk about the ending later ending uh, but uh what do you think of this episode
1: um i thought in terms of action <laughs> it was a quite action-packed episode there was a lot a yeah. lot going on i think i would say Um, it was a very, it was an engaging, uh, episode for sure. Um, I'm not sure if I would say that it's in my top favorites list. I think there are a couple of things that, I don't know, sort of make me cringe a little bit, (laughs) but, um, but all in all, super entertaining, lots and lots of racy, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, (laughs) racy special victims unit kind of stuff going on
0: <laughs> one of my notes was stunts 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 with escalation points
1: <laughs> yep lots of stunts it's
0: a stunt heavy episode um yeah i don't like this episode uh i'll give it a d plus i give grades <laughs> on the podcast by the way um mm. and like i think sort of the best thing i can say about its handling of fairly sensitive topic is that angel was probably one of the few shows in 2000 2001 that was attempting to talk about this stuff um but uh i don't know maybe don't attempt to talk about it if you're not going to be able to do a good job (coughs) yeah um so, basically, where I, uh, of course, want to start in discussing this episode is, uh, I guess I'm a little, I'm a little wary of coming down on how I should feel about it as as a man, but how Cordelia sees and treats this woman makes me uncomfortable
1: when I yeah. watch it.
0: Yeah. Um, It's like you've suffered this thing, and that actually makes you a threat in this world. And I want to put a big wall. I want to be like, make sure you know that you're an outsider, and like keep you at a distance. Um, Like I'm here for the belief that women. Pick up on signals that men don't, and that Cordelia would figure out that, you know, there's something strange about this woman beyond her telekinetic powers <laughs> um, before anyone else did. Um, but then I just, it's harder for me. I mean, it's not hard for me to believe that a woman would be cruel to another woman who who did this, it's harder for me to believe that Cordelia would, and it's also I think not useful I guess (laughs) in the scheme of things especially since we already have Lila in this episode you know uh, instrumentalizing I guess the abuse like having a woman be like connecting with it would be a lot more interesting in my opinion what do you think?
1: Uh I agree completely. I think that the way that yeah. <laughs> She's just being abused by everyone. It's it's kind of sad. Um it's very sad. And I think uh the only person who really does seem to care about her is Angel. And I would say like the um, the performance that he was supposed to give would have like uh, David Boreanaz was supposed to give should have gotten him like an Emmy or something, but he just didn't quite get there um, in the being the super nurturing, helpful, forgiving person. I guess the point is that he's like, as a character, he's not supposed to really get all of that nuance. And he definitely doesn't in that sort of moment where he, you know, starts brandishing the word crazier. around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I yeah I think I think it's a shame that Cordelia was written to be um very antagonistic uh of Bethany it, it didn't it didn't make a ton of sense and it could have been way more interesting as you said to have um some intuition or insight there rather than having Wesley have to fill in those blanks and very uh much like, I don't know, with the grace of a jackhammer, like, kind of trying to explain.
0: Something that I like about this episode that I don't even know if I can say is intentional is actually the way in which Wesley is written very, uh, (laughs) at best, uncouth throughout the entire episode. Like, he kind of mistreats people throughout the whole episode and, you know, maybe, uh the writers weren't aware of what it was implicating about men and what they are and are not sensitive to, but it it has that vibe, intentionally or not, of being like uh it's like critical of like men are not aware of certain things and then when you make them aware, they like you said, go at the problem with like a sledgehammer. He's like, you know what would be a good technique to do now? It's just assault this woman with my knowledge of her past
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like there wasn't that nuance there where it's like this is how men do things and then this is the more care-oriented sensitive sort of delicate way that you know what i mean like drawing that that line was was a weird choice because it wasn't completely drawn correctly mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a squiggly line there um,
0: yeah I mean I think it's something that I take out of the episode that I don't know whether or not they either intended or fully landed but I do think that there are parts of the episode like the fact that Wesley keeps doing it that it's not just that one scene like that that's you know at the beginning of the episode when they're discussing whether or not to pay gun in instead of like you know Talking to Gunn about his feelings, Wesley is trying to assume he's trying to come up with reasons why Gunn wouldn't want to get paid. He's like, he's a prideful man or whatever. And yeah. uh, it seems, you know. And of course, the Wesley character, really, until like the end of season two of Angel, is like a, you know, generally kind of like bumbling in a lot of ways. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I, w- I got mad a couple of times at the way that he, like, basically Wesley's, like, stupid comments. Yeah. Like, there were some angering moments where it was just, like, dude, like, you're being a huge dick. <laughs> like, yeah. stop it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was weird that he sort of, like, antagonized Cordelia, too. Like, he just, he seemed like he was being not just bumbling and kind of ineffective and... Uh, you know, like the, the the Wesley that he's been up until this point, he seems like he's almost more dangerously so if that makes any sense
0: Yeah, I um really didn't like I mean, I know it was in the heat of an argument and it makes sense, but I really didn't like at the beginning of the mm. episode when they're fighting and she's like, you don't know about anything that you haven't read in a book and he said well at least I've opened a book and I was like Cordelia's smart Cordelia got into like uh, Columbia and like other really good schools that she couldn't attend because she didn't have any money yeah Uh, (laughs) but yeah what
1: was the boob joke again there (laughs) I can't recall the exact quote
0: um I don't I didn't write down the exact quote I just wrote down the pithy part when he, says right. he majored in advanced bosoms or something
1: right, right 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 yeah she was wearing a bosomy top but still dude come on yeah.
0: well that's Cordelia's style
1: <laughs> the other come thing on. that i found funny was um just speaking about cordelia and then when bethany comes out you know after being in her nightgown and <laughs> going to their headquarters and also who wears nightgowns yeah like I'm just very confused about that but everybody Lila wore a nightgown (laughs) Bethany was in a nightgown I don't feel like that's something that I've seen or seen in any woman's closet or chest of drawers except like people from the like, who were born before 1950.
0: Yeah, I it's I think maybe strange. you could say that, like, if everyone wasn't wearing it, if it was just Bethany, it could fit with sort of, like, her, you know, vibe yeah. of, you know, like, coming off as innocent while also trying to, like, be under the, on the DL, like, super sexual. <laughs> right? Yes. It's yes. like, that's, like, the exact vibe of, like, a nightgown. But, like, Lila, no. She, what would she be wearing? Nice lingerie or or I don't
1: even know. a teddy, maybe. (laughs) Like that might make sense if we were going for the 90s kind of look. But yeah, they were both in nightgowns, which really surprised (laughs) me. Anyway, you're right, Ruben. Like that is the vibe that if you're a crazy but sort of sexualized but kind of like innocent person, you're totally going to be in a nightgown. But it was just really weird. But anyway, so she comes out the next day, not in her nightgown. She's in, you know, a relatively modest, if too big for her outfit. And Angel says, well, you look nice. And it's like, so out of nowhere. And she's like, oh, thanks. They're Cordy's. And it's yeah. like, when did you get on a name-to-name basis where you're calling Cordelia Cordy all of a sudden? Because she didn't throw out vibes that you could give her, like, use her nickname. So anyway, that was just like a weird a mm moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, uh, again, I don't know if it's <laughs> intentional or unintentional, but definitely highlights the difference in body type between Cordelia and Bethany. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, then the next part that I really uh, want to talk about, I mean, I guess, you know, it's something that comes up in both shows over and over again, but I think that also plays into... The themes of the show is, you know, is um, upset and she says people are pathetic and Angel's like, I like them, you know, uh, I see them fail, seen tons of terrible fashion trends, but the thing about people is they try, you know, they try to do good, they don't always succeed, you know, and that's like, one of the recurring themes, I guess, of the show is just like... Sometimes things are good, sometimes things are bad. Good people try regardless of the situation or the results. Um which is something that I genuinely agree with, but uh it's you know it's kind of on the nose here and it's not s- snuck in like very uh s- organically, I guess.
1: Yeah. Those angel insights. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: it's, I trust mean, me,
1: I've been around for a long time. <laughs> I've seen a lot of things. <laughs> what you're going through is really nothing compared to all of the shit I've seen.
0: Well, I didn't get that vibe from it, but <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a problem in general with, like, I guess psychology represented in TV shows and movies is that they're they like... It's all, it almost always follows this same structure of, like, you know, a kind of attack. Like, don't you know that blah, blah, blah about yourself? You need to face the facts about your trauma or whatever. And then someone says something, like, nice that's, like, kind of pithy. And they're like, oh, I've never thought about it that way. And then, you know, they start to feel a little bit better. And then there's a second act climax where they, you know you know, freak out, and but are forced to face their trauma, and then, you know, things are good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, once you just, like, face it directly.
0: Yeah, in this <laughs> case, quite literally facing trauma, <laughs> face-to-face.
1: So, hey, I have a question about that trauma facing. So, did Angel encourage her to kill her dad? Or did um, I read that wrong?
0: It It definitely, like, the you know, the ways to like possibly read that scene are one, he's just telling her to kill that dude, which, um, you know, uh, Angel as a television show is generally less shy about, um, the idea that maybe bad people should die sometimes. Like Buffy yeah. definitely wrings its hands a lot more about like killing people who are not good people. Um, like even just in an earlier scene, the, uh, you find out that the two would be paid rapists. Um, uh, one of them has died and, and, and guns like you see me crying.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, that's one possible reading. The other reading is that he is, you know, testing her, I guess, like seeing mm-hmm. whether or not, like she's gonna be that type of person. And then, You know, obviously, I guess whether or not she needs to be taken out, if she's going to be that type of person. Um, But, you know, I guess the the way that it reads to me is just like the writers wanting to keep the audience on the edge of their seats as to what's going to
1: happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because she was sort of um, questioned about the kind of person that she was for killing that guy. Mm -hmm. um so it's interesting to have at the very end when she's faced with that source of her trauma like her dad um yeah that was sort of like you know what to do (laughs) like (laughs) it wasn't even you know what to do it's like do it (laughs) it was pretty (laughs) end it that's it that's it like end it um yeah, so I guess that is a little bit ambiguous. But at the same time, it's like my take was, oh, my God, like, cool. So he's just encouraging her to, like, murder her rapist father. Um, also, I yeah. wanted to believe that the rapist for hire wouldn't actually have gone through with it, but just get her to the point where she unleashed her, like, rage. Yeah. Um, ideally, without them both. Dying, I guess, in Wolfram and and Heart's
0: not exactly uh, a moral company. So, no, they might, you know, have this, but would they
1: hire people to like rape somebody? Are they that bad? I guess they're pretty bad. Yeah, yikes.
0: I don't know, a lot of things, (laughs) but that's uh, kind of I like the scene between you just hinted at it between her and Cordelia talking about that I don't think the show has the nuance to land this complex discussion but like it's interesting how Cordelia sort of like goes back and forth even herself like she's like you know you killed those people and that that means something but then like Towards the end of the discussion, she's like, those people probably deserve to die. And I was like, well, that's that's a complex uh, thing that you're opening up there. And yeah. I'm not sure whether or not, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier for them to stay on the line of being like, don't kill anyone. And let the human justice system you know, take care of. This these systems, you know, have their place. And the one where you're like, sometimes people cross the line and they should just be eliminated from this world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Rather than spending years tied up in court <laughs> having your own character dragged through the mud. Anyway, I don't want to go into it too deeply. <laughs> maybe maybe it was just like way more nuanced than both of us can imagine. I
0: don't think so. (laughs) Um, Um. (laughs) And then, of course, like, the final thing that I really, you know, we can bring up any other little notes, but the final thing that I really am curious about, focus on, is the chambermaid um, monologue that she gives about what her sexual experiences are like. Um, I thought that that was well written but I don't know if I know how I feel about it in the context of this episode and of her character so what what did you think of that
1: I so I couldn't help but draw that correlation to the flashbacks with Darla and Angel where there was a chambermaid that was tied up and like <laughs> ignored because it was very heavy-handed it seemed but I couldn't I couldn't connect those dots that they were putting together, really. Like, it wasn't super clear to me.
0: That's the gypsy that he kills that, um, is the reason why he gets his soul back. (gasps) Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. I see. Well, now I feel stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's not made explicit, but they're dressed like they were around that time, and, um, Huh. In other flashbacks, we see like them like in front of a fire like that, and her telling him that she's got the yeah the gypsy that is going to end up causing him to get his soul back.
1: Okay, my bad, my bad. Well, then, yeah. In terms of that analogy, uh, I did a terrible job at trying to read <laughs> what <laughs> what she was really talking about she cleans up and then they leave and it's like, uh, and then she's there afterward basically is the net net of it. If I recall correctly.
0: Um, yeah, she's, uh, you know, she says something about making guys happy or something like that. And then he says, like, do you make yourself happy when you do this? And she's like, I'm like the chambermaid. I get out. She's like, I leave, you know, I, I come in, you know, before they arrive and I get everything neat, you know, and ready for them to go. And then after they go, I come back and I clean up the mess.
1: Hmm. Yeah, still struggling with that one. (laughs) It doesn't seem like it communicates that much. Like it's very, it's very vague, I think. I don't know. Am I am I just, like, super uh, literal? Am I not able to dig I mean, into this any deeper?
0: I, I think it's a sad way to look at sex and, like, not totally uncommon, even among people who aren't abused, that, like, sex is just something that, you know, you do because that's what stereotypical men want. And then... Your job is just to make the experience pleasant for them.
1: Mm. Yeah, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just I was trying to connect with what that what that really meant in terms of um, her experience, and it just didn't land with me at all. I had no no way to read into it, which is really stupid sounding now that I think about it. Um, and then Angel, of course, not all men, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Not every experience yeah, has it's to a be shame. like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Like, I mean, the, the pleasing uh, did make sense until that analogy sort of kicked in. And then it was like, um, what are you even talking about anymore? <laughs> Or maybe I just zoned out at that point because I was like, I like you're just too many problems like yeah, I can't I can't even uh, really wrap my head around.
0: Yeah, like one more. I guess that's so, it's sort of similar to how I feel where I was like watching it and I was like, I like this writing. like I, if someone just handed me this bit of monologue, I'd be like, well, oh, this is really interesting and you're getting at something like. Painful and true here But then like I don't know What is her You're already trying to deal with Like a pretty super complex issue And you're just like Muddying the waters I
1: guess Yeah it felt like She could have had a four story Like a four episode story arc Yeah and they just, like, compressed it all into one thing. And it just made it seem really, uh, like, it, it made her feel like she wasn't a, a person, yeah. which is unfortunate. Because I think that she was a very interesting character and could have had um, a lot more going on. But because it was all compressed into this short time, it just... It, the structure kind of failed
0: her. Okay. I mean, those were like the three main scenes that I really wanted to focus on. Are there any other like notes or things that you wanted to bring up?
1: No, I think that that covers the things that I found really interesting, like in terms of themes uh, within the show. I think the rest were just sort of moments that, were of minor note, I guess. Like, I loved Angel doing the procedural detective thing at the very beginning when he goes to the dumpster scene of the crime Mm -hmm. and pretends to be um, a detective, and he's just got the banter down. Like, it's, like, it's, it's pretty impressive. So, I mean, like, there are notes like that that I'm sort of, you know, I could... Leave or take. Seen enough amateur
0: night crap like this to fill a mini series.
1: Exactly.
0: My favorite part of that scene is that he just steals someone else's coffee in order to appear more like a detective. An angel doesn't even eat or drink, so it's no reason for him to have that coffee.
1: But wait, he always wants coffee though. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he? Am I crazy? Like, and even in that episode, he asked, like, is there coffee? And Quill yeah, he, he, is he, he like, drinks, there was in the He drinks
0: coffee um, sometimes. And, uh, yeah, obviously with the, like, whole Darla sleep deprivation thing going on right
1: now. Um, coffee probably is helpful. Yeah. Just needs to start mainlining some caffeine.
0: Um. Yeah, and then uh, it just—I guess like um, my own few little notes as uh, maybe it wasn't old hat in 2000 or whenever this came out, but like the whole like shot of a merry-go-round to like remind you of like a messed-up childhood or whatever. Like it's very exhausting from mm-hmm. an aesthetic point of view. Like, yeah.
1: Mhm.
0: thank you. And, of course, I loved seeing the, I guess, late 90s, early 2000s ponytail henchmen with, like, the curly hair Uh, ponytail.
1: Gotta love a ponytail with some curly hair. That car chase. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. You don't see that every episode, (laughs) where Angel jumps out of a car onto a van and then, like, kicks the people out of the van, but you don't see it happen. It's just kind of, like...
0: (laughs) Yeah, they anyway. should, shouldn't have called it ghost riding the whip. They should have called it angel riding the whip. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess uh, Gun is still driving at that point because he takes over.
1: Yes, yes. Um, Gun didn't have a lot going on in this episode. No. Yeah, he, uh, he was a little bit. There was so much else happening. But he has one of my, like,
0: I think, the funniest lines in the part in the episode when he's like, "Would you like to get Kate?" paid on a case by case basis and he like looks at me and he's like cool (laughs) like it's just not an issue for for again he's like I'll take extra money
1: yeah you want to pay me cool nice
0: (laughs) and I also really like when um Angel falls through the door the falls through the door gag when he's pushed up against the border and then the person dies so the border disappears oh and I always love Holland Manners I can probably bring it up every episode that he's in but I really like that actor. I think
1: mm.
0: his performance is always good. Yeah. Um, international titles, I, I try to end the episode with like these facts from the Buffy wiki. So um, in German, this was called Osher Kontrolle, uh, out of control. And in French, it was called "Intouchable." untouchable. Mm. Um Pop culture reference: "You wouldn't like me when I'm happy" is, of course, a reference to the Hulk saying, "You wouldn't like me when I'm angry." Uh, Doesn't look like there's any trivia. Gypsy Girl in Angel Stream is not the same actress as in Five by Five. Who was a thin brunette? On this episode, she has a thicker build with blonde hair.
1: That's maybe why I was confused. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah no,
0: no trivia for this one but good international titles alright um, <laughs>
1: what a terrible episode
0: <laughs> I I don't remember exactly I think there's one more episode in this season that I don't like maybe two but like I, I always remember like I think this one has been like this one's not good and then season two starts to get good like pretty soon after yeah. this, like, yeah, the early season two still has some of the same problems as season one, but then it starts to, anyways. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you are enjoying it. Uh, if so, please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast listening application. Give us a five star rating or review on iTunes and uh. I I didn't prep you on this before we did the episode, but the closing thing that I do is is, um, this podcast, Kara, is the one good thing we ever did, the only good thing. You make sure to tell the world that. (laughs) Bye. Bye.